0: Hi, I'm Terrell Turner and today on The Stuff Your Bookkeeper Isn't Telling You, we're going to talk about a concept that a lot of business owners are using to maximize their profit plus navigate through this very, very complex talent challenge that a lot of businesses are having. And today we're going to talk about that and we're going to introduce a new segment called Follow the Money. We talk about some great things that are going on or some things we see other things happening in the news or other businesses using. What's the money reason behind it and how you can learn and how you can use that in your own business to help you become more profitable. So stay tuned for today's episode. So without further ado, let me bring on the host of this show, Lola Turner. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Terrell. Thank you for having me today. Hey, it feels good to be back to Stuff Your Bookkeeper Isn't Telling You. I'm happy to be here.
0: It is. And I will say is I have really enjoyed the break we've been on because we've been doing this staycation. Um yes. And that has been... You know, it's, it's really good to take a break from all of the stuff that you're doing, all the stuff that you're managing, and to kind of get a little mental breathing room. Um, also to eat a bunch of food that I don't normally eat. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but it is all, all good. Now, you know, this is a topic that I think is very interesting because last week I was having a conversation with, a company that we do some, we we have done some outsourcing. And for those of that mm-hmm. that are just tuning in, today we're talking about a concept that is helping a lot of business owners actually navigate the talent problems as well as increase profitability. And that is outsourcing. Now, a lot of people, this can be a scary, scary topic. And I'll give you an example. I was talking to um, a company that we've used to do some outsourcing work with and a company that we have done some, you know, some CFO level analysis for some of their clients. So they Mm -hmm. were familiar with it. But one of the things that I was telling them is like, hey, some of the work that we had them do, we actually hired a offshore outsourcing company to actually fill in for some of those roles that they were doing. And, you know, although, they're used to using us as an outsourcing company. They were still a little hesitant, like I still want to hire in-house for that and stuff. And we started talking through things and I started giving them some, hey, here are my recommendations on how what we've done to make it effective. And within an hour, they were like, hey, give me the contact information of that company. They set up a meeting because they were like, Based on everything that you told me and the good and the risk that you told me that are involved, they were like, hey, this is a no brainer situation to help them win and take their business to the next level. And so I was like, you know, what? if that person has struggled with that and they're using outsource because they're using us, they're outsourcing their CFO work to us, but they were still so unfamiliar With the possibilities, the risks, and the benefits related to outsourcing, I was like, you know what, we need to have a discussion about that. So, the first thing I want to start off with is when it comes to outsourcing. You know, Lola, what is some of the the thing, the way you would define like what is outsourcing?
1: I would say outsourcing is basically getting someone who is not your direct employee to do work for you. Um, and oftentimes the benefits of outsourcing, at least for me, what I'd see is if you're at a, if you're at a point where you're trying to hire talent, right. You're trying to hire an employee and you just haven't had a lot of success with that. Um, we know that a lot of companies struggle when it comes to finding talent. I mean, I've hired a bunch of people and the concern is always, is this the right fit? Is this person the right fit for the company? There is such a huge investment when it comes to really onboarding an employee that there's a risk for both the employee as well as a risk for the employer. And so I think outsourcing provides an opportunity for you to say, hey, Let's try this out, you know. We have an agreement in place to where there's minimum risk here in terms of, I guess, what each person has to lose. Let's try it out. Let's see if we like it. I'm not tied to you for a year or two years or whatever because... I think oftentimes people are nervous about outsourcing because they're like, well, I have this person sitting out there that it doesn't directly work for me. You know, what if they don't do what they need to do? And I think it always comes down to are you just like any, even when you hire an employee, right? Are your expectations clear about what this person needs to be doing? So really, from my perspective, um, how I would define outsourcing is You're putting, you know, putting responsibilities on someone that isn't directly your employee. And you both have a mutual agreement on, hey, this is in the best interest of what we're doing. And in my view, oftentimes there's minimum risk because you're not having to invest in like health insurance and all these other things to bring this person on board.
0: All right. So, I mean, if we take a step back, you know, your definition is, you know, hiring someone that doesn't directly work for you. Um, Uh Now, when it comes down to that, one of the things that I hear a lot of people start to kind of ask questions about is, you know, is if the person doesn't directly work for you, how in the world do you manage like their efforts? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you make sure that they stay on target? So what have been now I would say. Don't give me your recommendations of how you do it. What have been some of the things you've heard people say about it? Because we're going to talk about the recommendation for that a little bit later. But I just want to kind of get a gauge on what have you been hearing from people when they ask questions like that?
1: I think just daily touch bases. Like, I mean, just to take a step back for it. Let me talk about my personal experience, right? Like I said, I've been in manager positions for a while now. Um, and I've also had the, ab- the opportunity to hire people specifically for the companies that I've worked for, as well as in our business. And where I've struggled has been, you know, you're learning this person, you're bringing this person on board. And honestly, I think a lot of the feedback is how do you navigate it? You navigate it by having clear communication. Like that was an era where I struggled with. Like, I remember when we hired even the first um, for our property, the property side of our business, when we hired a, a property manager, initially you were just kind of like, okay, this person doesn't directly report to you; they support you. They have a vested interest in the the property doing, you know, doing well because they're getting a percentage of that. But I think really what I saw was a struggle is just the lack of proper communication on my end of like, hey, this is what needs to be done. This is what the expectations were. You're almost having to over communicate when you bring someone on board that isn't necessarily your direct employee because it's very easy not to have that daily touch base. It's very easy not to have that communication of just checking it and being like, Hey, this is what's happening. Or, Hey, what's the status in this? Because that person is so used to kind of having their own business, or that person has their own business in a lot of respects. So they're running their own business. And a lot of times it's not in the, you know, in the back of their mind to check in with you daily to see what you're doing. And so like, The biggest thing that I've heard is just communication, right? So like, there's no confusion. You know what's going on. I know what's going on. You know what the expectations are. I'm very clear about what the expectations are because I think oftentimes that's where I've seen when it comes to just hiring someone, whether it's an employee or an outsource or a contractor, is the lack of communication just leads to more confusion in the process. Okay. So one of the things,
0: so, so far what we've said is, all right, in one respect, this person doesn't work for me. Um mm-hmm. there's a, hey there could be an issue with communication are there mm-hmm. any other like as we're kind of putting together this list of what are some of the any other concerns that you've heard people say
1: sloppy work <laughs> okay.
0: like sloppy work i'm just like yeah <laughs> sloppy, sloppy work. work
1: of just stuff yeah sloppy work i would say um just the timing of delivery um okay. you know stuff being I'm done involved. late um, and then I think maybe also just like not doing it. The, this is something I hear a lot. They can't do it the way that I want them to do it. So like, there's okay. that sense of like control of like, it has to be done this way. And that person can't do it the way that I want it done.
0: Okay. All right. Um, and, and I've also heard some people say like, Hey, if we outsource, you know, like this person won't be because they don't work for us. Like, you know, there may be a, a cultural issue. I mean, as far as like the, the workplace, the culture of the workplace. Like they may not feel like they're part of the team We're trying to build a team environment. And if they're outsourced, they won't necessarily feel like a team. Um, And then I often heard people say uh, things as far as, you know, well, well, what if I need that person to do more than what the contract says? Like, what if the the nature of what they're doing changes? Because with an employee, you know, people feel like they have that flexibility Um, now. I'll give you my opinion on that. I I often think my me personally, I think that a lot of people look they end up abusing that flexible that flex or this perceived flexibility with their employees, where Mm -hmm. they give these vague instructions and they just keep stretching and stretching and stretching that person's job until that person breaks or until that person quits leaves that person. Does what I have so but-
1: <laughs> I have so many, I have so many opinions. Like I have a whole charade, like just a whole set of opinions on that, but I don't want to get like sidetracked. Um, but I think that's one of the reasons in corporate roles where like it's so vague. Support PL. Um, monthly reporting, (laughs) like, okay, like, what the heck is that? (laughs) Like, and it's just like, leave it open to interpretation. Part of it is because like, all right, we don't want to scare the person off. But at the same time, it's like, hey, we, as we being a leader, like, hey, you don't want to, you're not giving clear instruction on what exactly you expect this person to support. And I swear, like, that is such a bad idea. Like it is such a pain for everyone, and I'm speaking from personal experience. Like you need to be clear, but I don't want to like take us off track. I'll come back to my yeah. point because I, I could mean, literally yeah, spend time on this. But yeah,
0: like I said, we'll we'll definitely come through what some of the recommendations are. One of the things that I, I really like to do is is to be very honest with people because I think the first thing that I always tell people is that outsourcing is not for everyone.
1: And
0: by listing out what some of these concerns are like some people are saying like, hey, if the person doesn't directly work for us, um, if you're the type of business owner or you're the type of, you know, leader or manager or whatever, where you have to have the people working for your company. Now, there may be legal reasons why there may Mm -hmm. be financial reasons why, like maybe, you know for the the city that you're in you get you qualify for a grant when you have x number of employees on like x number of people in your headcount like that that can be a financial and a legal reason why like hey outsourcing may not be the fit for you so you got to understand that but for some people I do think that if you have to have people who are on the payroll who are have your company name then outsourcing may not be the thing for you. Now, another one that I think a lot of people um, bring up is it may bring confusion with the client. meaning like, hey, if they see this person emailing them from a completely different address, email address, which we've lived through that. And we recently (laughs) went through a process um, of changing that, um, which I'll talk a little bit more about that one, too, um, in the solution section. But something you mentioned about like with sloppy work and stuff like that. Um, you know, is there a situation where when it comes down to the quality of work that you can think of why a company you would say, Hey, if you're this type of company, then outsourcing may not work for you.
1: Um, I would say if it's something like very technical, um, I think when it comes to like a lot, I mean, a service-based company would probably make sense to outsource. I think if it's something where, like, for example, even if we use us as an example, um, there's a couple of things that I would say functions within our business that make sense to outsource. Like, you know, the social media management, certain stuff like that may make sense to outsource. Um, but when it really comes like to the technical stuff where you require expertise. Like, I don't think it's a good idea to outsource that stuff. um, or, or, you know, be very specific about like finding, like for us, for example, finding a company that specializes in finding technical experts. And then these people, you know, these people are really good at that specific topic. So don't just go hire someone and just be like, okay, I'm just going to teach them how to do accounting and finance. Like, accounting and finance isn't just something that you teach. Someone has to have experience. A lot of times it makes sense for someone to have a degree, which is why we're doing this podcast, because a lot of times, you know, people go be bookkeepers and they don't have bookkeeping experience or they don't have some sort of like, you know, experience doing it. So I think really, for me, I would say like when it's technical, technical stuff um, that are very specialized, sometimes it may be hard for you to outsource those uh, those roles.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and that's one of those things that I think is, is very important because I mean, as, as now that you brought that up, I, I'll bring up like, you know, our specific situation. You know, we provide bookkeeping and CFO services. One of the things that we were running into was a capacity problem where there were only so many clients that between Lola and I, we could support. And yeah. I was like, okay, all right, we need to expand capacity. And so one of the things that I ended up finding was, you know, a company that, uh, that offers on offshore talent And they specialize in accounting and bookkeeping. And because one of the things that I was finding is I would talk to different people who, you know, who did bookkeeping. And and I talked to a lot of people. I mean, and part of one of the benefits of hosting a, you know, podcast called Finance and Accounting Show, which you can follow on Earmark to earn CPE credit if you're a CPA. Um, One of the things that I, I would asked a lot of them is you know like what their capacity looked like because i was trying to partner one of the things that i found is a lot of people who were doing bookkeeping had no accounting like real background so when i would ask them questions about hey how do you handle the payroll accounting and they would talk me through it i'm like something doesn't sound right about that um right. i'm not saying i didn't know it i didn't know the technical journal entry transactions of recording payroll and tying it out to the payroll register i didn't know all the ins and outs about it but it was something about what some of the bookkeepers were explaining to me i'm like that doesn't sound like it covers everything um and then when i met you know the the company that we ended up um hiring i talked to some of their employees And they were actually knowledgeable enough to actually walk me through it. And what they did, I could tie it back to the payroll register and the document to where I'm like, right, these this group of people, they have the skill set to be able to do the job like they had the technical skill set to where we got to a point where I felt more comfortable that, hey, you know what? This is now something we can outsource because we found someone. Who has the technical skill set that can actually deliver a quality product. So I, I think your point is 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 amazing on that aspect.
1: Yeah. And I think when I also think about the like just bookkeeping and outsourcing, I think a lot of times, I think a lot of times people think about like bookkeeping as, and I think it goes both ways. Like it goes on the end of the, you know, the customer, so the client as well as the person that's offering the services. Um, I think really you have to think about for your for your service or what it is that you're trying to outsource. What what does good and great look like, right? So, like for example, for us, really our I guess selling point or what do you like to call it, like product differentiation or service differentiation, is the expertise that comes with you know working for Fortune 500 companies and you know having experience with doing raising capital and all those things. Like there's multiple things that set us apart. And I think it's really understanding like where does the outsourcing function fit into and help with the process that you need in your business. It doesn't mean that this person needs to like understand every single thing and every single aspect of your business. It just means that they have to be really, really good at that support or that piece in the process where you need them and like in our case the company and and the the team that we work with um they are really 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 good at the transactional bookkeeping portion of their job and and that's exactly what we need because then we can focus more on the the strategy and focus more on the analysis and focus more on kind of where our expertise is and i think it's really just understanding I think that's really been the game changer for us is just understanding you're not expecting this person to be able to know every single thing, uh, you know. From you don't you don't expect this person necessarily a CPA because sometimes CPAs don't know anything about finance. <laughs> like you're expecting this person to really come in in that process that you have them and they need to be able to do that process really, really well. And then you can focus on where you excel. And I think that's really what makes it a good, um, a good, um, I guess, partnership when it comes to outsourcing.
0: And, you know, and that's been an interesting thing for us because, you know, I I was explaining this to someone recently. I was like, you know, we are a bookkeeping and accounting firm that, law firms and agencies, and a couple other service-based businesses, like they outsource, so let's say a law firm outsources their accounting work to us. And then we also have partnerships with people who are doing specific tasks, like some of the backend bookkeeping. Like we have a company that we partner with where they handle some of those detailed backend bookkeeping. We do a lot of the analysis and confirming, making sure that, hey, the financials make sense and translating that information so that our clients the law firms are not only just getting financial statements, but they're getting relevant insight that's going to help mm-hmm. them make better decisions. And so mm-hmm. one of the things that I explain to a lot of law firms or that you and I, we explain to, to different clients is having, you know, you could hire in-house, you can hire an accountant in-house to do your, you know, your bookkeeping and your accounting. But if you do that, then you are going to be responsible for managing that person's activities. You are going to be responsible for being able to determine whether that person is doing the right or the wrong thing. And if you're a law firm, you probably didn't go to school no, to no. study accounting. Right. So you're not going to know really whether that person is doing, you know, the right thing or the wrong thing. And so That's one really of the things that I explained right. to them is. One of the benefits of outsourcing your accounting and bookkeeping to us is that we already have internal processes and we already have layers of reviews and we're already working with other law firms so we can give you insights on what some of the best practices are. Now, we're not going to tell you, hey, well, law firm down the street is doing X, (laughs) Y, Z. We'll give you like, hey, based on law firms that we work with, here's a common trend that we're seeing because we're going to protect every every client their personal their firm information is protected to where we're not sharing that publicly but we will say hey here's some lessons or here's a principle that we've seen work for other firms but i think if you were to hire someone internally to do your own accounting and bookkeeping like you lo- you don't get that because you're going to have to manage them they're only going to know your business And so you're going to lose some of the potential benefits of learning from what's happening in the industry, as well as you now have to learn accounting because that person has to answer to you and you're the one that has to sign off on whether this is good or not.
1: Yeah. And I think another thing is if you're a business owner, like just like we, we had to deal with and and go through, um growth is going to happen, right? If you're doing the right things in your business, you're going to grow. You really have to understand where does the outsourcing function make sense, right? If I just speak about us specifically, like where does the outsourcing function make sense? Like for example, for a law firm, like you, if you want to scale and grow above maybe 10, $15 million a year, then at some point you're going to need your own in-house support, but it's going to cost you. (laughs) more money to have to onboard because at that point you need, you know, a CFO maybe, or I don't know, Terrell, like what typically like, you know, from a law firm structure, you know, if they're bringing like just an accounting person, I don't know the details, but you're going to need someone like you said, who actually understands accounting and finance, Um, someone who can manage the accounting team, the finance team that does everything they need to do. And I think it's just realistically part of being strategic, right, is as a business owner is understanding, like, what point is my business at right now? If you're doing less than maybe six million, eight, five, eight, six or eight million a year, then you probably it's not in your best interest to have to hire a full accounting and finance team to support you. You probably need to outsource that because then. One of the things that you can focus on is, hey, growing your business. Like you said, Terrell, which I thought was a really good point is you don't know if this person is is performing up to par, right? And as you're trying to grow your business, what you really need is someone who can kind of give you the insights. And the financial analysis and the support that you need depending on the type of services you're paying for to tell you hey this is something you need to spend more time on or hey there's room for opportunity here and if you're so focused on managing to make sure that person is doing their day-to-day job you're not really getting the best out of that person and that role that you should be as you're trying to grow your business, because you're just going to be stuck trying to manage the person's day to day activities instead of that person really being your partner and helping you and giving you the insight that you need to then go make decisions in your business. So I think that is so key is really understanding strategically. Like, so I want to ask you a question about.
0: I want to ask you a question about your your experience when you talk about that, that we brought up the point about managing persons activity. So as a person who has hired people, you know, working in corporate America in accounting and finance, what has that process been like? I mean, as far as you managing their efforts, like how much did you have to understand about what they were supposed to do and the technical skills of finance and accounting to be able to effectively manage them?
1: I had to understand the whole thing. Like I had to be able to do their job and my job as well. Because one of the things about the, about hiring people is, I've always heard people say this: like if you can't explain something to someone like easily, then you probably don't know it well enough, right? So part of the thing as a leader is when you're when you're bringing someone in, or even as a business owner, when you bring someone in, you need to be, expo- be able to explain to them like this is what you need to do this is the big picture this is why we're doing what we're doing and so for me i would say the biggest challenge was when i didn't understand the big picture right so the more experience that i had the more time that i had the easier it was for me to say hey, when I look at what you're doing as a function or when I look at your responsibilities, like how does this connect to the overall picture of what the business needs? And if you bring someone in that's like a senior accountant or uh, you know a senior, like a financial analyst, they just don't have that experience to ask the right questions to say, okay, I'm coming into this new role This is I'm supporting this law firm. I've been hired on this law firm. Like, hey, what are some of the key KPIs I need to be mindful of? Right. Like, what are some of the strategies that are that are focused that the the business is focusing on right now? And how can I help support those? Like it comes with experience and knowledge and time. So for me, my biggest thing was where, where I spent most of my time with my team was this is what you're doing this is how it connects to the big picture. This is why you're doing what you're doing because once they understood why they were doing what they were doing, they were better able to support the business. And and that just comes with experience and time. So if you're hiring a senior financial analyst, they know these are the five things I have to do this month. But a lot of times they don't have the, unless they've had someone develop and train that skill in them and have had the experience, they don't have the right expertise to ask those kind of questions that they need to be asking to better support your business.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. You no, know, that's a really good point because I mean, I would say the same on, you know, when it comes down to hiring someone is I'm, I'm curious what your, your experience has been is like, how much of your time was spent really guiding them through what they need to do versus being able to have time to focus on what you do well?
1: Oh, that's good. So I would say, and I think like at this point, I'm just going to jump into it. Like, I think for me, the biggest differentiator was hiring someone without having a solid process in place <laughs> and hiring someone with a solid process in place night and day. And by that, I mean like clearly defining like this person that I'm hiring, what do I want them to actually do? And where does that fit into what I need them to do versus I just need to we have, my team is overstaffed or overloaded. There's too much work. I just need to bring someone in to help ease the burden. We have a lot people are working crazy hours. Like I just need to bring someone in making the decision to bring someone in without even clearly defining what that person was going to do nightmare. Right? Like, cause then you bring the person in and you're really having to almost do the on the job training at the time. Like, okay, um, Month and close. All right. Take this from this person, do this here. So I really think that understanding of like, okay, what exactly is this person gonna do? And having a clear identification of the process is really what made a big difference for me. Because when I didn't have that, I was almost like just winging it. Like, okay, so today this is what you're gonna learn. Just <laughs> just follow me and do mm-hmm. this. Like I knew that there was a so, need so, on the team, but so I, I just that, wasn't that, with support.
0: that. Like, how much of your time, if you had to estimate it, how much of your time were used, how much of your day? will spend you know working on how do i either give them the right resources or how do i give them the right information like how much of your time was spent guiding them versus actually just doing your specific In the job.
1: beginning, in the beginning I would say probably like 80%, so like for the first couple of weeks, right? 80 or maybe first week 80%. Eventually it it reduced, but I think it only reduced because it was like, all right, baptism by fire. Go figure it out after the first week because I don't have the bandwidth like to help you do this for, you know, 4 weeks. But as opposed to like when I had a key process in place, I was able to be like, hey, this is the process. These are the videos. This is how you do your job. This is what you need to do. These are the people you need to talk to go do it. And then if you have questions, come back to me and then I schedule specific, you know, days to touch point or, gotcha. you know, uh, sometime, but yeah.
0: So 80% of your job. So, I mean, let's say, you know, had that person had no accounting and finance experience, how much time do you think it would have taken for you to train them and to guide them to get good at the job?
1: I mean, I think it would have taken pretty much all my time. I mean, at that point, it would have been like a full-time job managing them. And then I think if they had no accounting and finance experience, I would have probably had to manage them for a significant more time. Because, I mean, let's be honest. Like, accounting and finance is – you really have to learn how the company operates to be able to do the job, right? So if you have accounting and finance background – Um, If you don't have accounting and finance background, (laughs) you have to learn how to do the accounting and finance job as well as how the company operates. And so when someone didn't have the experience, it's just kind of like, okay, well, you know, you can learn. You at least know one part of the puzzle. But like if you don't know, like, for example, if let's go back to like law firms. If, for example, if you know, like, if you're hiring an accounting and finance person, you know how the law firm space works, but you don't know how the accounting and finance space works. So now you have to teach yourself the accounting and finance piece and then make sure the other person is doing it right to be able to see how that applies to your company. And and that is a full-time job. Yeah. No,
0: I, I would agree. I would agree. And uh, you brought up the point about, you know, processes and kind of procedures, having some of those in place. So, you know, let's talk a little bit more about, like, what role... Like, because that becomes one of the solutions to, okay, how do you make outsourcing actually work well? Now, you started off talking about processes and procedures. Can you elaborate a little bit more on, like, why that helped the outsourcing relationship work better?
1: I think because of a couple of things. I think, one, because it it made expectations very clear, right? It's frustrating to come into a role and be told, like, You know, which is why I think people set goals at the beginning of the year. It's frustrating to be told, hey, you're not performing well. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, what was I supposed to perform to? (laughs) So I think having a clear process um, really helps you develop clear expectations. This is what I expect you to do. This is by when I expect you to do it. And then I would say the second thing is it takes time Um, it might take time to develop, but it also kind of helps you as the business owner really understand, like be able to give hand off something to that person. And then you can focus still on doing your day job to where your job isn't being compromised. And it's not taking time out of your day because you don't have the bandwidth to really support this person, you know, for, for, for a hundred percent of your time. So I think those are the key things that I would say is like it just gives clear expectations when you have a solid process. And then it just also provides, you know, a a time for you to better manage your time because you're not having to, you know, train this person.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I I think for in in that, that same kind of vein, when I think about, you know, kind of what we've done, one of the things that I had to take a step back and realize is that we needed certain processes in place so that one is, I could see the big picture of things. I knew where, you know, the, the, the contractors or where the employees were going to play a part in the process. And one of the things that, you know, I think when you hear that, a lot of people start to think it's very complicated. So I'll share my screen and say, like, here was an example of a process that I wrote out when, when it came down to onboarding, like new clients and stuff. These are the steps that go through. And once I wrote this out, I could share this where I could now point to, okay, who's going to handle what? Like, who's doing what in the process? And I think something simple like this became a huge game changer because once the outsourcing team and the employees and myself were able to see, hey, what does the process entail? Then people could get a better idea on how they played a role in in the process. And I think, This ended up leading into creating like 30, 60, 90, 120 day like goal plans for the outsourcing team. So like now when I hire a person on, I I have a good idea on what they should be able to do. 30, 60, 90, 100, 150 days in, I know what they should be able to do on their own. So it's like all throughout that whole process when they're onboarding, now I know how to give them the right amount of information or the right amount of support so they can become more self-sufficient. And I think we would have never got to that point had we not had you know clear processes in place that can really guide them. Because I think you know one of the things that I, I've told some people is when it comes down to hiring someone, you gotta have a lot of patience because that person is new to the company, They're new to your clients. They may have experience with the field in general, but they don't know your specific company. They don't know your specific clients. So I think it pays to have that patience. And that's one of those things Mm -hmm. that I always tell people, if you're going to outsource is make sure you have patience with yourself to lay out the processes and then have patience with the people that you're hiring to lay out the process now. The process also helps you understand like, hey, when your patience is being taken advantage of, because I think that's Mm -hmm. something that a lot of people are concerned that, hey, this person will take advantage of me and collect the paycheck or payment and not do the work
1: but i think that's the same thing with an employee though like an employee can be like i just don't understand this so i I think you have the risk everywhere you just need to make a decision on "Hey, the solid process is what makes the difference because like you said i think that's when you can really say hey this is what we agree to this is this is what we said this is what we was going to be in the time frame we said it was going to be and if it's not then we can have a conversation about it and like you said i think at that point after the conversation if the person's still not performing then it's like okay we need to Reevaluate this, but if your expectations are not clear because you don't have a clear process, um, there's really nothing to hold that person accountable to.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I think that brings it to another point. I think that that becomes a, a big one for a lot of people is that when you're using outsourcing, when you're outsourcing talent, you're, you're we're using contractors. It is financially, it's a less of a more. I guess you say a longer term commitment. I always tell people if you're going to hire an employee, um, there's a different type of financial commitment that you're making with that because, Mm -hmm. you know, in the US, there are payroll taxes that come with that. If you offer benefit plans and, like, you know, time off and stuff like that. Now, me personally, and, you know, at our company, we still do extend kind of the holiday and the time off policy to some of the contractors that we're using, like contractors that we're using ongoing. Um, you know, we still extend some of those holidays and policies to them, but you know, for a lot of companies that we meet, they don't extend, you know, paid holidays to some of their contractors, but they do to their employees. And I think from a financial standpoint, as a business owner, That's a decision that you have to make is like, hey, if you're using contractors, then or versus if you're using employees, there may be a difference in like the compensation package that comes down. Um, And also one of the things that I, I, I do think about is that what some people are finding is sometimes, you know, you may not have enough work to keep a full time employee busy. Or even to keep a part-time employee mm-hmm. busy. And we've done that as well as where, you know, our marketing activity wasn't, you know, it wasn't a big enough exercise to where we were going to hire an employee to manage that. So we outsourced it until, like, the marketing got so big that we were like, all right, okay, outsourcing it is now more expensive than it is for us to hire someone Mm -hmm. to just manage this internally and so i think Mm -hmm. you do have to manage that dynamic as well on it so you know concerning you know what has been what would you say are some of your overall kind of opinions about you know whether a company goes outsourcing whether they hire internally like what are your kind of overarching kind of perspectives on that
1: I think it just, like I said, I think it just depends on where you are. I think strategies, like where your company is financially, is the best thing to kind of consider. Hey, does it make sense for us to outsource? Like you talked about, you know, the the payroll tax and all of those things. So I would say overall, understand can you afford to outsource? Can you afford to bring someone on board or do you need to outsource? Um, I think the other thing also is just do you have a solid process in place to be able to do that? I mean, be honest with yourself. You should have a solid process regardless. But I mean, speaking from experience, that doesn't always happen. Um, and so I would say those are kind of the two bigger things. Like, does it make sense for your cash flow? you know, like you said, at some point it, it costs you more money to outsource versus just bring someone in on board when the require, when the, I guess the, the workload is higher than, you know, what you have seen in the past. And so I would really think it's just monitoring those things. I think also a lot of times the, the, some of the easier tasks, like this is one thing I had to learn with our marketing. Some of the, the easier tasks that I enjoyed, um, doing, were not necessarily the best use of my time, but I enjoyed doing them. I kind of had to let go of those things um, and and realize like, and this is something that we've talked about in other episodes when it comes to profitability, what is your time as a business owner worth, right? What, what was my time worth? My time was worth, you know, I don't know, more, more valuable than maybe like an admin and not in a condescending way, just in the sense of like the technical expertise that I have. Right. So would you rather spend your time if you are like, for example, a lawyer, (laughs) would you rather spend your time billing clients when you can, you can, you have more bandwidth to take on more cases, or you have more bandwidth to meet and consult with potential clients? Like, it, your your time is more valuable spent consulting with clients because at the end of the day that's what's going to generate the revenue for your business and so i think you know really understanding like are you spending your time on things that are not necessarily value add um or our value add but you're just doing it because you enjoy it when your time can be better spent on things that are going to generate revenue for your business and that's something i personally had to to learn and kind of relinquish some of those like marketing activities and because i have a very i guess creative side of things and it's like okay this is now where the best this is now where my time is spent um <laughs> i don't even spend five hours creating flyers and uh doing like podcast stuff like hey you know it's probably a good idea to outsource that because my time is better spent doing other things so i'm I'm learning and I think that's just important it's something that's important to you know for any business owner to to learn how to do and determine
0: Absolutely, I, I would definitely agree. I mean, I think overall, um, outsourcing is something that every company should really take a look at. I mean, and mm-hmm. and it may not be a strategy that they use forever, but it could be a strategy that helps them get from point eight, from one phase to the next in their business, um, especially when it comes down to a cash flow standpoint, um, because you may not have the internal clientele or the volume of clients or volume of revenue to support hiring a person full-time to where you may need to use contractors for a little bit of time until you can get the revenue to a point where it financially makes sense for the business or even just operationally. There's enough work for a full-time or part-time person to do and I think it could be a great strategy overall.